welcome to What Say You podcast number two two deuce deuce. Yes, this week's uh, we had a little stutter step from last week into this week, and here we are uh, rolling, buddy. I know I our know. reputation sterling, yes. our reputation intact. Tomorrow we meet. What say you listeners of the Gallagher show? I could not be more excited about that. That is going to be so much fun. Yes. I am I am genuinely excited about that. And Saturday, what's on? Our, oh, Saturday we have two shows in Westbury, Westbury, Long Island. That's right. I think there are a few tickets left for the late show still. I yeah? I mean, it's a big venue, but I think there's, a, you know, maybe a, a hundred or so left, I I, I think. So um, come come see the show. It's going to be great. It's uh, It's tomorrow night. I believe it's 10.30 is the late show, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we have uh, – I mean, we're, we're doing shows. We say this all the time, guys, right. but just te- check our website. Sure. It's the tenderloins.com. We're doing North Carolina. We're doing Foxwoods in Connecticut. We're doing – We're all over the fucking map. Staten Island. We're yeah. doing Atlantic City. Uh, we're going to be doing Nashville. We're doing. Right. It's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out. Yes. And get tickets. Come see us. And now speaking of live shows. Here we go. Now this is what we were talking about last week. Uh, two days ago, yeah. Sal and I, this this part's a done deal. That's right. right. We we've booked our we've booked our flight. Do you want to say first, or will that give away where the show is going to be? Uh, no. Let's just. I don't know. How do you want to handle it? I would say tell them where the show is going to be, so it's okay. Because then, otherwise, you're, you're kind of like just saying where we're well, going. Well, are we 100 percent positive that we're doing the show? That's I thought we were sort of taking the okay. temperature. Okay, got it, got it. Oh, you're right, right, right. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Um, we have booked our flights. We are definitely going yes. to London, London England. England. We are going to London. Sal and I, uh, not satisfied with working together seven days, <laughs> seven days a week, uh, I've decided to take a vacation together. That's right. To uh, to jolly old England, uh, a place very near and dear to my heart, and um, we're going to be going for what six days, five days, six or seven in April. April. <clears throat> I want to say I want to say fourteenth. We fly out overnight. Right, fourteenth. We'll be in London from the fifteenth to the twentieth. We come home on Easter. Right, we come home on Easter. We're going out there to meet uh, and hang out with a very very dear friend of ours, Ian Morris. Yes, who has uh, created. The one of my favorite TV shows I've made, if not the favorite, uh, the Inbetweeners, uh, which if you haven't seen yet and you haven't listened to me rave about on Tell Him Steve Dave, go on Netflix right now and watch the Inbetweeners. You will thank me. Oh, it's awesome! There's, there's the, the TV show, and then that, now the movie's on. And there. the movie, and they just finished making the second movie, the sequel. He's yeah. out there editing it. I kind of want to see it early, though, which is why I'm <laughs> flying out there. Uh, but and more shout than- out to his partner. Yes, Damon Beasley. Damon, and then all the guys on the show are awesome. Oh, too. they're fantastic. Uh, so we're going to go out there. We're going to hang out with uh, Ian, kick around London a little bit. Um, you said to me, "Yes, hey, how about doing a live show while we're out there? Yes, an overseas show. Yes, kick off. It's what we did. You know, the uh, we did a Space Monkeys tour there a few years back, me and Brian Johnson. Sold out. I know we have concerns about whether anybody would come. Yeah, I mean, what say you is a new venture, right? And not everyone from our Tenderloins world or our Impractical Jokers world has discovered us yet, right? And so, and um, our TV show doesn't air over there. Impractical Jokers, the BBC Three version airs, but not ours. Yeah, so it's not like we're household names, right? 
We should say hello to those. It's not even like too. we're household names in the United States. No. But we're not anybody. <laughs> what, we right. mean, what we mean is not not household names. What we mean is we don't even know if we could sell <laughs> right. 50 tickets, 100 tickets, to, sure. whatever it may be. I don't know. Um, so we're willing to put in the work of getting a, a venue and and doing the show. Yeah. The Tenderloins podcast here sells well. Oh, yeah. The last live Tenderloins podcast we did was probably about – I want to be like – I want to say December 2012. 12, 12. So it was a year and a half ago? Yes. And those – that sold out quick. We, we did two a, shows. We sold almost 1,000 seats to that. We added right, a second right, show. Right away. Yeah. Um, but this isn't the Tenderloins. No. Um, this isn't Tell Them Steve Dave. This no, isn't and it's, and it's Practical over, Jokers. And it's overseas. And it's overseas. This is what say you, bitches. That's right. That's right. If you If you're going to be in England – Looking for a Tenderloin show or a Tell Them Steve Dave or a Space Monkeys? I mean, hey, mate, jolly good show, but go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. This is what say you. This is what say you. Uh, We're excited. I love the idea of doing the first show uh, in London. Yeah, it's kind of a cool little thing, right? Like a little overseas thing. Yep. And, and Declan will come. Oh, Declan, right? Declan. And probably we'll get Ian on there, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, we're going to go see a, a soccer game, a football game. Yeah, yeah. We could probably get – we could probably have a, a whole bunch of fun guests oh, on that thing. Yeah, we, we can. Maybe tell Ian to hook up a couple extra guests too. Yeah, well, you know what we could do is we could do the live one and then record one as well too. Oh, excellent. Yes. Brilliant. Yes, thank you, buddy. Thank you. So we're coming to London. We're going to do something fun out there for the yeah. Let's Say Yo fans. We just need you guys to please, please, please – on Twitter at what say you? Um, if you're from London, right? Yeah, well, England's a very small. The whole. Well, I'm saying if you if if you think you're if you're, you're from a, over there, right? If you're from across the pond, yeah. And you and you will come to the show if you could just be vocal about it, just so we can. We want to gauge. gauge. I don't want to put on a show. Look, look. If 50 people say they'll come, we'll get a 50 person theater. That's right. That's what we're saying. We're like doing it for the fun of it, like right. just it's gonna be great. That's right. We just want to have an idea of of what it could be because you know we want to do it right, and right. the only way to do it right is to have a, a rudimentary understanding of who would come and and who wouldn't come. And might we then tape that right and then offer? Oh yeah, it. Well, we'll record it yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it. What say you, London? I'm very excited by that. Um, and that's not even that far away, really. No, it's, it's, uh, it's what, seven We would weeks? shoot for that Thursday or Friday night depending on venue availability. Right. Uh, obviously, Friday night would be the better one because then we could go out and get some bangers and mash and some fish and chips. Right. Have some ale. All that stuff. Pints of ale. Suck a fag. So, well, what? 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 <laughs> I said this wasn't a Tenderloin show. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yes, very exciting. Uh, let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know if you're an American who's always wanted to see London and will take this as the opportunity to come out and see the place. Oh, well, we don't owe them anything. <laughs> I, hold on a second. If you're an American who's never seen London and you're going to book passage right. and fly to London to see our show, that's awesome. Yeah. Come, have a beer, laugh right. it up. But I, it's not like I can't be, I can't be, you know, but beyond that, don't expect. Right. That's your call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be, I have museums to see. Yeah. I have shopping to do. Sure. I have, you know, I have you know, friends to. This Forbidden Planet over there too. We go to that big comic book store. Yeah. 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 Uh, right. But I mean, if, 
But I'm if, just saying. But if for two hours out of your trip, you want to come and, and have a few, yeah. well, you know, yuck yucks, some laugh em ups. Don't get me wrong, too. I mean, we you, want know, you, you never come. know what happens. You never know. You you might be someone who's right up my alley. Yeah. Guy or girl. You know, we sure. hit it off and we start laughing, talking, and you're a swell person. And then I say, oh, come with us here. But that also may very well. Odds are that's not going to happen. Sure. Let's be honest with sure. you. But, Sal. You and I have had a philosophy that has ruled our lives for the past 15 years we came up with this. I know and what you're going to say. Go say it. Things happen when you leave the house. Things happen when you leave the house. Yes. And we've held that. That's our, basically our motto. It is our motto. Because anytime we're on the fence about doing something or you want to go out and I don't or I want to go out and you don't, it's just things happen when we, you leave the we've house. We've said that to each other yeah. a hundred times over the last – yeah. Things happen when you leave the house and then we're like – all right. And then when we're in the middle of the madness, we say, we start, things happen when you leave the house. It's a great philosophy. Things yeah. happen when you leave the house. So, And I kid. But I'll tell you what, though. If there's two people that – if there's any two people I know, not even just like include, inclusive of the tenderloin, but if there's any two people I know that will be like, ah, fuck it. Let's go. Come with us. Let's do this. Let's do that. Who are you? Join the party. It's us right. two. It's us two. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So – so it's going to happen. Yeah. Just it's, don't be annoying. I mean, don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> play your cards right, man. Yeah. We're yeah. Not, not that I'm anyone special. I'm not even saying that. I'm right. talking about if if I was a hermit, I wouldn't want to be with someone who was annoying. Sure. So We're on vacation. Just play it chill. Just be cool, We're man. just regular dudes, man. We're just two regular dudes. We're really the most regular dudes in the world. Vacationing with each other. Yeah. <laughs> We're with each other. It is. We're literally with each other. It's such an odd choice. We're with each other between five and six days a week, standard. Yes. And then possibly just 14 to 21 to 30 days in a row sometimes, depending if we go away. (laughs) Then we work every day. We work, I'll put it to you this way we work every day. Now we worked all day today. Now you're at my house. We're doing a podcast. That's right. Okay. Tomorrow I'll be with you. Right. The next day I'll be with you. The next day we're doing something together, and then we're gonna go like do a fundraiser together. Right. Then we get then we then we go and we do uh then we're doing we have an interview together right. on Friday. Then we then we're going Gallagher to Gallagher show, together another another tomorrow. voluntary thing. Yeah, and then we're going to uh we have two Our shows. Westbury shows. Yeah. Then we have a break on Sunday. Then I'm with you all next week, and then we fly away together again. And then anyway, we have a we have a small vacation from from all of our things. Right. And we decided to take a vacation. <laughs> I know. But that's a good that's a good testament to sure. what friends we are though. That's right. Um because we do, I mean, towards the end of the season on We all want to kill each other. Yeah, it gets it gets hairy, man. Like the emails start going, <laughs> the, like the little digs at each other start happening. Nothing major, nothing big, but like it nothing that hasn't happened before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does it does happen and like we have to have meetings and talks with each other. We're with each other as much as married people. More than married people. Yeah. Way more than married people. Yeah. Married people, you get home at six o'clock at night, right. you have a few hours before you go to sleep, right. and then you're up and you're out again. Right. We we don't we don't have that. I know. But I will tell you this. I probably wouldn't be able to do the road without like we only know the road with each other, yes, and it's, it is pretty beneficial. Oh, yeah. and I've said this recently. It's not even just like you travel with one other person, like your opener or your partner or whatever it is, but like the four of us, right? It's pretty good, yeah, because it, it it gives that like it's always at least something. It's like like a little bit not an event, but like you know, it's four people. It's fun. You know, three's a crowd. Like you know, it's just we have a fun career. We're not. Compl- I'm not complaining. No, 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 no. It's just when you get to the end of the season and that breaks in sight, yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, so, but I'm just saying these guys 
a lot of my friends that are or our friends that are sure. comedians and everything that tour by themselves. Right. That's got to be rough, man. And and we're single. We don't have families. Right. Can you imagine touring? Being away. I mean, at that point, there's two two types. There's like people that we know that are like very successful in their careers and they're like famous and they're rich. (coughs) They have families. So I think maybe they could take their families with them sometimes. Sure. But then I have many, many friends that are like either breaking right now or just grinding right now. Right. And they're also single. Or even if they're newly married or whatever, but they're not, they don't have like families like that. Or even if they do, but they're not in a place where they're banking, like, sure. And they have to grind too. Right. I mean, it's, it's got to be rough to just be like, I just want to go home. Yeah. I just want to go see my fucking kids. Well, I don't know if I talked about, I think I did talk about it on, on this, where, where I said I interviewed uh, the lead singer Monster Magnet uh, on Talent Steve Dave. And, and That's we, a metal band? Yeah. 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 Uh, rock, more rock than metal. Okay. Um, but a very great band. And, uh, you know, Dave Windorf is a lead singer, and I said to him, like, do you guys really trash hotel rooms? This was years ago before the TV show, before anything. And he goes, it's – he goes, yeah. He goes, because it's the only appropriate response to being in a fucking hotel room every night, a different hotel room every night. He goes, you sit there. You stare at the wall. You're fucking sick of everybody you're with. You just want to be home. And, like, you're in another shitty fucking hotel room, like, just to fucking break the tension or your boredom. You just fucking – Really? Toss a, a something into the pool or some shit like that. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, so I think that that road, you know, that it's just what it is, man. And it's what, but it's great. It's unique. It's it's wonderful. But, it is. I love. There's nothing better for me. Nothing right. better than being on stage. Yeah. Nothing for me. But uh, <clears throat> it's just still the time you spend away from home. Right. Could get, could get but hey. We made a decision. We, we're gonna we're gonna go away together. We're gonna have a good time because you know it's important to have that too, though. Right. Like I don't want you to just become my work right. partner. Like I don't. That's not ever been our relationship. I, right. I I don't ever want that. So I do like the idea that we're like like we're going to, like I was going to L A for vacation anyway. Right. And we got booked on Queen Latifah. Right. Which we're working out whether what we want to do. We're trying to make it work. So now suddenly you guys are going to be in L A. Right. And I. Booked a different hotel from you guys. Right. That's different. I don't want to fucking see you guys except for right. when I show up to Queen Latifah's right. thing and do it. But but that aside, like I don't – like it's that exactly. Like I want to hang out with you. I still want that time with Sal, my friend. So this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you had the idea to do the show. I think that it's fucking brilliant. I I think we're going to have a blast. And we're going for a substantial amount of time. Sure, yeah. It's a chunk. I just did the math, and we're off for 30 days, and we'll be away for, uh, well, I'll be away for uh, 12 of them. Right. Between LA and London. So we really only have like 18 days off, and in between that, we have a lot of shit to do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's all right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to bore everyone with our schedule. Just on the top of my head. Back to the topic at hand. We're going to be in London. So please. You know, give us put forward your interest in it, which I'm hoping the response will be yes, please. We would love to do it, and then we could set it up and make it happen. Yeah, I think we can muster up a, even a small theater where it's worth the people. I think but hopefully it'll be something that is like even bigger than that. Yeah, um, psyched. Cool. I got a let's see what I have here. Uh, and also, if you have suggestions. For shit, what we should do while there? Any locals? And I have uh, friends that live out there. Uh, some Tom Steve, long time Tom Steve Dave listeners. Frankie's out like this. Like I have good people out there that you know we could we could meet up with and and 
go about and have shenanigans with. It'll be fun. I'm sorry. I was there once in '98. Yeah. For a couple of weeks, the, uh, my girlfriend at the time was uh, was going to school there. Yeah. <clears throat> I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Loved it, and I, I'm I'm psyched to to, be, to go back. Yeah, I was there when when the Tenderloins won the hundred thousand dollar prize. Oh, you were there? I was there. I got the phone call while I was in oh, London. Wow. I, was, I was staying with my cousin. Two thousand seven. Yes, and uh, I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna celebrate!" I brought my cousin and a friends out. We all went out to like a bar and dinner, and ended up costing me like thousands of dollars because I didn't fucking, I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, the rate is like two to one oh, when it comes to money. Right? But I was like, I just won fucking, you know, I never stopped to do the math. It was a hundred grand split four ways taxed. Like I ended up taking home, you know what I mean? It was oh like, my it was, God. but I had a good time. I had a good time. I'm a big fan of London. I'm a big fan of the UK in general. So this is going to be, this is going to be a lot of fun. That's awesome. A lot of fun. And the first, and you know what? I'm going to try and get Drew to design us a poster for the first ever. We'll, like, you know, we'll, we'll get some printed up over there. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll, just like a little limited edition. Yeah, yeah. We'll sell some. We'll make like a hundred. Sell them at the show. It'll be good. I love it. Awesome. Cool. All right. So there you go. That's 17 minutes on on, (laughs) on us going to London. So we better make the rest of the show uh, interesting quick. I was going to tell a story I told you in the airport the other day. Yes. Uh, And uh, basically we were going to – we were walking to – we were flying to Detroit. We were walking to our gate and we were at gate like 42. Right. And I looked up. (laughs) <laughs> and right next to 42, of course, is 43 and 44. 44 resonates with me for a, right. in, in my lifetime since I was about 12 to yeah. now. The number 44 resonates with me. And here's the reason. When I was in seventh grade, my uh, my grammar school, St. Joseph's uh, Parochial School in Rosebank in Staten Island, uh, we did not have any athletics. And that year, they decided that we were going to get a basketball team and a baseball team and, and, and that. So we had tryouts and it was the first ever basketball team. Now the school goes up to eighth grade. I was in seventh, I believe. <coughs> Possibly sixth. No, I was in sixth. Sixth grade. So I was I was eleven actually. Right. And then <clears throat> sixth was it seventh? Nah, fuck it. I was in seventh grade. Seventh and eighth grade. And that's who had to uh yeah, tryouts for the basketball team. And all the different Catholic schools would play each other. And there was that. <clears throat> so we went to the tryouts and there was the eighth graders and there was seventh graders. And those were the two who were allowed to play. And they had a varsity and a JV team that they right. were going to make. They were going to field a varsity and JV team. Basketball, you have, I think, if you're lucky, I think 11 players, 12 players on tops on it. And everyone tries out. And I was good in my neighborhood, but I never played like anything organized. And right. I probably actually wasn't good. <laughs> but uh, I made it to the very last cut of – I was the last person cut from the varsity team. Right. So they fielded an entire varsity team and I was the next person to be on varsity mm. and I was cut, which led me to be the number one player on the JV team. Okay. Okay. But to put it in perspective, really only the people who made the varsity team – Played basketball, mm. cared about basketball, were serious about basketball, could play basketball. And then, like, everybody that got lopped off and left over, like, you couldn't tell them they couldn't play. Right. So it was just like if their parents were going to write the check for 100 bucks or whatever it was, you were on the team. You got your right. uniform and you were on the team. So everyone else who got on, it, it just – there was no tryouts for JV. It was like who didn't make the other team? You're on this team now. Right. Needless to say, the team was not good. 
Okay. And God bless her. My friend Sal Zarelli's mom at the time, Diane, she decided to volunteer to be our coach. Okay. Uh, Did she know anything about basketball? She knew enough. I think that either – I don't know if either she had a little bit of a a knowledge or she went ahead and said, I'm going to learn. Okay. But she she put up a very good effort. Right. But we were – not good. I mean, like we would sure. have these. We have, you know, we'd go and the varsity would practice, and you would watch them, and they had a skill set right. to play this game, <laughs> and they had to draw a race board, and they're doing whistles, and they're running plays, and you know, blue forty five, and they're doing formations and zones, right. and we're just like practicing dribbling. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. So it came time to have our first game. And I was, like I said, I was the number one player on this team. They all looked to me. It was me and my buddy Sal and then, like, a handful of other people on the team. And, like, no one was really good. But we were the best of the no goods. Right. And I, we, we had this ongoing joke that are we even ready to play a game? Who knows? I don't even know. And could you imagine – there's no there's – no, Secret here. There's a, it's a stereotype, maybe, but a lot of a large percentage of the NBA is black players. Sure, <laughs> and you know, a, a basketball is a black sport. It comes like it's it's common in urban neighborhoods. You know, basketball courts and like all you need is a ball. And sure, it, it, no secret there at all. So the joke was watch because we we were we were all white kids, right? The joke was watch. We're gonna get to the place. We're gonna get to the the. the the courts, the indoor basketball courts, and we're going to get there, and the entire opposing team is going to be all black kids. <laughs> <coughs> How funny would that be? <coughs> Needless to say, we get to the to the to the place. It was called the CYO Basketball Center, Catholic Youth Organization Basketball right. Center. And we walk in. I remember walking in with my parents and walking in, and you walk through a hallway, and it opens up into the courts. Right. And we walked in. And it was like raucous in there already. Okay. It was already like – because it was our first game. Not only was it our first game, it was the school's first foray into basketball. So we had people there. The other team had people there. It was the first game of the season. We walk in and every last kid on the team was black on the other okay. team. Yeah, So intimidating right off the bat. Intimidating right off the bat. And the, the tallest kid on their team, I'm not kidding you, was probably about 6'2", 6'2". Six one, six two, right. six three, something monster. Like just a giant. I was kid. twelve, right? Right, and he locked eyes with me when I walked into the gym, and he was like dribbling back. He was walking backward right. and dribbling backward through his legs, sure, without looking down. So he just was looking at me, staring. He locked eyes with me, and he was walking backward and dribbling through his legs. Oh god! And I was like, okay. Remember, we were practicing dribbling. <laughs> he then took off. From midcourt, did a layup where he slapped the backboard. Okay. And it went right in. Right. And I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so they assemble us. The jump ball, I was five foot five. The guy was six foot three. So the jump ball wasn't even, he just like reached up and took all it. Right. And then they proceeded. <laughs> well, I mean, think about the worst you can get beat. Yeah. I mean, you see blowouts in the, in, in in the NBA. Sometimes it's a, a blowout is like, oh my god, twenty, thirty points. Right. A thirty points is a blowout in the NBA. It's unbelievable. So I mean, you know, you can be blown out. <laughs> so they, I ended up having what probably was now the whole varsity team was there to support us. Yeah, all the all the girls, all the guys, the cheerleaders, oh. our school, the parents. 
they handed us our ass in a way that I've never I it was one of the most embarrassing like hours of my entire really? life. And I told you this in the airport. The final score of this game, and if you're playing, if you're listening and pull at home, play along. I'll give you five seconds right now. Take take an obs- take your best guess. Go ahead. Okay. The final <laughs> score and, and this is a kid's game, so they don't really go they don't go to hundreds like the regular sure. games. They, it's much shortened and everything. My point is our score. Right. Not their score. They beat us forty four. Right. To nothing. To nothing. <laughs> to nothing, my friend. Uh, we did not get not even a hit a foul shot. Right. We couldn't even hit a foul shot. We got the ball, the ball was taken from us. We shot the ball, the ball was blocked from us. <laughs> we went to get the rebound, the rebound was taken. We couldn't even it must have looked like a, a Globetrotters game. Right. <laughs> you guys were the generals. <laughs> Forty four to nothing. Right. And now you knew we weren't winning before when we arrived. Not even not before the game started. We knew we weren't winning before the game started. But then it was like, how bad are we not going to win by? Sure. And then it was like, all right, we're going to get killed. By the end, it was like the the Super Bowl in there because <laughs> people just wanted us to score one point at least. Right. It wasn't even like – That would have been a victory. That would have been a victory. One team is – one side is going nuts because they – a shutout in basketball doesn't happen. Yeah. Our side's going nuts because a shutout in basketball shouldn't happen. <laughs> so they just want us to get a basket. They don't want us to get a basket. Right. And it was like Clash of the Titans. Right. <laughs> and we didn't score. It went, and it was 44 nothing. Now, at the end of these, these youth games, right. you line up and you shake hands. Yeah. And then you all ascend the same stairwell. To the locker rooms. Okay. Where, you know, change, towel off. There's usually some snacks. Right. You know, you have like a grape juice and like a Fritos. <laughs> and we go up the – we're walking up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And as it, if it wasn't humiliating enough – now, they teach you sportsmanship. If you watch a game now, if a, if a team is blowing out another game, like yeah. let's say football, <clears throat> if someone's up by – Three scores in the last two minutes. You're gonna kneel on the ball in the last five minutes. Right. You're gonna you're gonna run the ball, kneel on the ball. You're not going to score. You're not trying to add insult to injury. You right. beat them. Sportsmanship. Sportsmanship. Even in basketball, like you know, it's 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 just known. Right. There was no sportsmanship in in the Catholic <laughs> youth organization basketball courts that day. <laughs> These people, right. the parents, right. the kids. The younger brothers and sisters, the parents, the mothers, the fathers, they all walked up the steps with us. And this collective of people, it was the entire team, the entire coaching staff, the teachers, the children from the school, the (laughs) brothers and sisters, and the parents started a chant that they sang loud. They all should have known better. And right in our faces. You're 12. I'm 12. A mother... We will walk. The game is over. We have left the court. We're walking up the steps, and they are chanting. I mean, a hundred people in unison. Forty-four zip zip. Forty-four zip. Forty-four zip zip. Forty-four zip. Forty-four zip zip. Forty-four zip. And she's screaming it. She's three inches from my face. A mother and a daughter, and they're looking at me, going, "Forty-four zip zip. Forty-four zip." And I'm like, <laughs> I swear to God, I was if I wasn't as humiliated enough that I didn't score a basket, 
these people were just taunting us, <laughs> taunting us. I was 12. I'm 37. This was 25 years ago. Uh. We went into the... We went into the the uh, the gate at the air, airport, and I looked up and saw for the gate forty four, and it brought me back twenty five years uh, to getting beat forty four to nothing. Forty four zip zip. I remember the next game we played. That was the only time we played an all black team. That was the only all black team in the league, actually. Right. They, they, they didn't even win. They didn't come close to winning. We were just horrible. Forty four <laughs> zip zip. Forty four zip. 44 zip zip 44 zip 44 zip zip 44 zip 44 zip 44 zip 44 zip 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 like zip 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 They'd be lying to you if they gave right. you. It's all. It would be such so such lip service, but it's it'll be beyond like parental lip service. Yeah. Like, what are they gonna say? I don't fuck it. I mean, they could maybe. The only thing they could do is attack the other team's unsportsmanlike behavior. No one did. So my point is that is that I was bad, but I, I still had some game, but I couldn't right. do anything because we had kids that never. Touch the basketball on our team. They didn't even know the rules. They would just run with the ball. Like it was like right, that bad. Right. So the next game we lost fifty six to three. Oh, all right. I had the three points. Nice. Next game we lost by six, by eight, by whatever mm-hmm. it was. And I think we played ten games that season. I think, and mm-hmm. we went zero and nine going into the tenth game. Okay, and it was the last game of the season, and we just had we you know the closest we 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 got killed every time. Right. But we you know we started to score ten points, twelve points, and whatever it was, and uh, we played the last game, and for some reason everything started clicking. Really. And we started like literally passing and shooting and scoring and rebounding, and it was halftime, and we were in a huddle, <clears throat> and someone looked up and went, "Oh my god!" And we were like, "What?" And they're like. We're winning. <laughs> and we looked up at the half, at the scoreboard and we were freaking winning the game. It was like wow. like you know, like twenty one eighteen or whatever it was, but we were winning. Right, right. And we were like, Oh my we lost. Well we lost. We we ended up being 0 and ten. Like it just all crumbled from once right, we saw right. that well, just, you called it out and that was it, you jinxed it. But that year <clears throat> we had they had an awards ceremony. Okay. For the school. Sure. Softball, baseball, bat, what's all the sports. What's St. Joseph's, Joseph's in Rosebank, which closed down after like 30 plus years this year. Really? <clears throat> the archdiocese shut it down. It wasn't profitable. Ugh. It's tough. It's hot out there for a cath. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we they went ahead with these year long sports awards dinner. Yeah. Where you went, you got, you, you went to the lunchroom. Yeah. You had seats, you, your parents, like everyone sat down. They had, they served food and they, the coaches would come up, say something and everyone got a trophy and you got a participation trophy, sure. but you got MVP trophy, you got all that. And they, they had to go through all the motions. So they did the varsity. The varsity did well. They did everybody else. Even our baseball team did well. Right. And then they got, you know, to us and they were like, all right, well, the JV, uh-huh. we're all in 10 this year, <laughs> but let's give them a handle up. And they had to name the MVP. And the co-MVP and all that stuff. And I was the MVP uh, of this 0-10 team. First loser. And they say the stats. Uh. So they said, the MVP <coughs> of the JV team 
with 16 points and 23 rebounds. That's... Sal, and they call me up, and I have an MVP trophy on it. You still have it? That, yeah, I still have it. Oh, that's great. It's, uh, I think it's in my attic. It's an MVP trophy with my name on it yeah. that says Sal Vagano, 16 points. That's a, <laughs> to the season. Oof, that's but, rough. You know, I went to varsity the next year, and we won the championship. You did. All right, so that turned around. Yeah. My basketball, my CYO basketball story that I have is not fun or funny at all. It's, it's, I have, it's one of those moments, it was such a fucking life lesson, this. It changed my entire life. Really? Yeah. It, and not, I mean, in a good way, I Wait, guess. Where did but, you go to grammar school? Well, I went to PS53, then I went to IS24. But, okay. but like, I played soccer my entire life at St. Joseph by the Sea. St. Joseph's Sea. Uh, That's a high school, right? Yeah, but they had, say, the church was St. Yeah, Joseph's. Yeah, got it, got it, got St. It. Joseph's. Uh, and I played nine years. So, like, that's just what you did. Like, you joined those right. things from the outside. And, and, you know, when I was a member of the church, this was St. Clair's. Um, so it might not have been CYO, but it was St. Clair's. Uh, and I went and, and I, you know, I, I played soccer. I wasn't even particularly good, but I did enjoy it. And I was like, all right, let me try basketball. I'm not – it was scary for me. Right. This was junior high school, so maybe I was 13. Yeah. Remember Eddie Diaz? Yeah. We went to high school with him? Yeah. Good guy. This story is going to reflect badly on him, but it shouldn't really. Okay. So I went there and I was nervous and I was scared and I was like, I suck. I'm going to be embarrassed. Like, I'm not going to do well. And blah, blah, blah. I got there and there's Eddie Diaz. And Eddie Diaz is a hulk of a guy. Sure, big guy. Big guy. Uh, great football player. He's a sport. He's He's an athlete. Right. And he's there, and he, and he comes in. Him and I were always friendly. We're still friendly to this day. And uh, I come in, and he's like, and he's like, what are you doing here? And like right away, like the shred of confidence I had to even walk in the door was gone. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I figured I'd, I'd just come and try and play out, try out for the basketball. And he's like, do you play? And I was like, no. I was like, I never really played, like just in the neighborhood with the kids. And and uh, he was like, uh He's like, he's like, oh, I don't even think I'm going to make the team. He's like, it's really hard. He's like, it's really hard here. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was so, like, I just felt my stomach drop, and I was so scared and nervous that I left. I didn't do the tryout. No. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be humiliated. I was sure, like, man, sure. I was like, if Eddie Diaz ain't going to make it, like, I ain't going to make right. it. Right. So a week later, I see Eddie Diaz in school. And uh, I go, hey, how did, how did the tryout go? And he's like, no, it's great. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, no. He goes, I got it. I was like, well, I thought you said it. He was like, no. He's like, it's easy. He's like, I got Yeah, of course I got on. And I felt like such a fuck. And I, in my head, I was like. Well, that's only he was saying that in hindsight, though. It didn't seem like I, I couldn't figure it out. Remember, I'm trying to piece all this together. One, I was humiliated. Right. I was embarrassed. And then I was like, did that motherfucker just knock me out of the running? Like without uh, – did he just run a psychological – like I was like uh, he just – he got in my head. I was like that fucker got in my head and knocked me out before I even tried out and I, and I bought it. I went for it and I was so let down on myself and so embarrassed to myself that I – again, I don't know if at age 13, Eddie Diaz was a, a mastermind of – of psychological warfare, you know what I mean? I, I doubt it. Right. You know, he may have been nervous himself. He may have felt that at the moment and whatnot and then was just like – but it really – like I felt like a fucking loser, man. Like I felt like 
an embarrassment to myself, an embarrassment to my parents who had driven me down there. Nah, yeah, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. At that age, if you don't want to participate, and they for- a lot of times parents force kids to do stuff. But I wasn't forced. Right. Like, I wanted to do it. Right. And I have carried that moment with me. It's changed my life for the better. Like it, sure. it was, it was, but I, I like even talking about it now, I feel like I feel my face like heated a little bit. Like right. I'll never get rid of that shame of like, of, of fucking giving up just, just yeah. be, just cause of a fucking sentence that another fucking kid said to me. Yeah. So yeah. it's all, so it's not a feel good story. It certainly doesn't have a catchy song like <laughs> yours did, but, uh, <laughs> but it did, you know, it did teach me to be like, fuck it, fuck it. Right. What am I going to do? What am I gonna do? I, I gotta try, and if I suck, I suck, and if I don't, I don't. And and but oh man, that one, that's that fucking it's tearing me up, dude. I'm telling you, it's tearing me up right now. I feel so stupid right yeah. now, which is ridiculous because it was fucking 26 years ago. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, same thing, man. It, it, it's I don't know, like if you have kids, right. if, even when you had kids, sure. Uh, I mean, there's, there's this thing that wants you to get them out of the house. You, do, you don't want them playing video games. You want them to fraternize with other people. You want them to get some exercise. Right. Do you, like, make them, even if it's not like, oh, you're going to play baseball. You're going to try. try to, do you make them go and, oh, you're going to take karate. You're going to go to, you're going to go to dance. You're going to do this. You're going right. to do that. You're going to soccer mom, this or that. Like, because we have friends that I have friends that have three kids. We have family members that, and, you know, Every day it's something. Oh, yeah. I got to drop bar off a girls' guy. I got to take him to soccer. I got to drop bar off a dance. He's got to go to karate. Right. He's he got this. I got that. And just like it is nonstop the activities and everything. Yeah. Like that. And it's that's good. I mean, yeah. but, but also like there's the flip side of that. Like I wonder how many of those parents are like, I'm gonna make you do this because I want to force you to meet people, try new things, have different experiences, right. and see what you like. See what your palate is and stuff like that, or is it like like how do you see that? Do you see it like it's a good thing and it, parents should do it, or do you see it like if the kid gives resistance? Because if is the, if the kid gives resistance, there's always like I really don't want to fucking do it. I don't. This is not me. I don't like it. But then there's also like, are you enabling that child to to stay in, to be antisocial, to not try, right. to not break out of their comfort zone. That's it really important to try and break out of your comfort zone like every day. Yeah. So like what do you think? Really man? at this age you're still like I, I think, think it's I think it helps you grow, man. Yeah, it helps you grow, but at the same point like I don't do it. Don't I, get me wrong, I don't do it. Well because and I hate age, change too, but we we built we've built like a comfort zone when you're ten is also forced upon you. Because, like, you, it's just the life you were born into. Like, right. at our age, especially us, because we are really only responsible for ourselves, we've built – my house is a fucking shrine to my comfort zone. Like, right. Like, fucking every day. You know how many fucking – like, you walk into my living room, this 15 Ghostbusters thing is like – like, my comfort zone is custom made for me at this right. point. Like, I right. fucking like my comfort zone. But as a kid, it's like – I think you have a responsibility to s- – Throw stuff, throw shit at the wall, and see what sticks. As a parent or as a kid? As a parent, uh-huh. like, look, <coughs> I'll make a deal with you. Like, you try it. Right. If you don't like it, I'm not gonna force you to do it. Right. But like, you know, it's it's my job as a, as a, as an adult, as your parent, to lead you 
down certain paths. You know what I mean? Right. That's why fucking I never wanted to go to church as a kid. Every Sunday my parents brought me to church. You know what I mean? I mean it got to the age where I was able to make the decision. I don't even fucking believe in God. This is a waste of my time. But like I'm, I don't begrudge them for doing that. Like they, they – you have to. What kid, what kid is going to know to do it? What kid is going to know to be like, hey, I, wanna, I want to – take guitar lessons you know what i mean so I wanna... then you're saying it is there it is a responsibility of the parent and you're saying that you would do it i would do it yeah but if they didn't like it you know i'm not gonna make them do it try it right you know yeah they may take to it or they may be like i hate sure this. but like how awful would it be to like be a parent and then your adult child turns to you and just be like i i could have done it i could have been things if i had the opportunity to figure out what i liked and don't like oh jeez yeah that's who the fuck. It is tough being a parent because now nowadays too with like all this like shit. I hear my nieces go to school and like she'll come back and be like, oh, these girls bothered me. Like whatever. Yeah. My niece can handle herself. You know, they have a few nieces. But when they get to this point where they're going into like seventh, eighth grade. Right. It's – it's it. this is for, through time, right? There was – in seventh, eighth grade, my dad was little. They had fights on the corner. Right. But like nowadays with the – with the internet and all this yeah. public shaming and these people and they're like, oh, they're gonna, this girl put up a video and now we're all going to go beat this girl and tape it and all that shit. Yeah. Like I see that shit. It turns my stomach. It's horrifying. And, I, and I'm talking about my nieces. Not that I would love them any less or more than my own children, but like how parents go through that thing and to know – and even when we were in school, there was kids that got picked on. I never picked on anybody. I probably did, but I didn't know any better, but not to the point where it was like – You weren't – yeah. I was unaware. I, I probably did it in the most innocent of ways right, right. that I would retract right now and take back. Nothing damaging. Sure. And vice versa. I probably got picked on as well. But parents that are going through that shit today where it's like they have to go down there because their kid is getting like uh, – I don't know what the what I would do with that, man. It is yeah. the most heartbreaking shit. I know. I, know? I worry about – you know, my nephew was born with – his hands are, are – I don't want to say fucked up because that's not the way you say that. Right. But he was born with no radial bone like and he needed a lot of surgery. The kid's three. He's had like right. 50 surgeries already. Right. You know, and they had to – they had to do serious work on his hands. He has four fingers on each hand. Right. And I, I fucking, some, I mean, it's true. Some nights I lie in my bed and I just like worry about, like, I don't want him to get picked on. He's such a beautiful kid. He's such a smart kid. He's great personality. He's just so friendly and outgoing. It's just like, I don't want to see that get crushed by some fucking asshole kid at school. Like, right. Right. I can't imagine how my brother feels. Right. right. I, I don't know if I'd be able to stop myself from going down to school and just fucking punching in like a ninth grader in the I fucking know. face. I know. I know. You just got to hope that, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's crazy shit. Yeah. And, and then, you know, that kid is just, that kid who is that dick. Yeah. He's just, he's just projecting his home, his home life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, dicks raise dicks. You know, <laughs> like what are you gonna do? Like that's not gonna stop. Yeah, it's you and can't it's, just exterminate these people. Although I do appreciate, in recent years, how much focus and attention there's been to anti-bullying. And doesn't don't you look at it like why the fuck wasn't these initiatives put in place? I'll tell you why. Because things were localized, right? And compartmentalized, like the internet. That's why. The internet has brought the bullying to us on a national scale. Right. We see videos of people being bullied. Right. At the tip of your you just go onto the YouTube type bullying. Right. You know, whatever right. it is. And that's why it brings it on a national it's level. It's insane, though, that it took this fucking But it still long. went on. It's still going on now. Yeah. There's definitely all that shit. I mean, kids are getting bullied every day. But you know what it is, too, now? It is... It, 
the culture influences itself. Like back in the day, if there was a bu- we had a bully in the neighborhood. Sure, he'd go push people, hit people. You know, he was the big bully. Everybody was scared of him. He wouldn't he wouldn't beat you to a pulp and put you in the hostel. But he was the bully. Sure, he'd you know, give he, you stress and make your life. He would like, take your shit, and you yeah, know, yeah. and then you tell him maybe he give back or whatnot. But but now like everything's like sensationalized, right? So like if it's in the media, if, if there's if there's a picture of of, of these people be- jumping some kid and they tape it, goes on the media and spreads it and gets viral, then other kids see that. Yeah, they didn't even have that in their head before that. Right, they, right. So it just spreads like 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 wildfire, and now they realize that they can do the same thing, and now it's a thing. Right. Whereas before, you didn't communicate. We didn't have access to this type of information. Right. So right. like, if you were just in your town. You just bullied because you were raised to be a bully, but you didn't see this, right. you know, and learn at this hyper rate that like you can like all this kind of like information and access. So it's like you know, it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse. We we got into a little bit of a heavy thing. This uh, <laughs> we did. It's my fault. I, I told the fucking no, no. I'm with you. I, I I got there, but it is true. It is true. It's like yeah. It's and you know we just adapt. We have to adapt to that, and that's what, I mean. That's what, but that's where all that anti-bullying came in. We did a we did some stuff for that this year with the. Yeah, uh, Spirit Day and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean that's probably why I'm just never gonna have sex. <laughs> it is, man. Like it's 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 heartbreaking. It's like, and and I'm sure anybody who's listening out there has. You I'm, never meet the bully. I've never met an adult guy who was like, I was, I was, I the, was bully. the bully. I was the bully. Like and everybody is like, yeah, I have stories about. Being bullied when I was a kid, or or I was oh my god! I remember this girl I went to school with, Maureen, and she was not a good looking girl. And like people would just get in her face and be like, "You are fucking ugly." Yeah, and it's... it was like I remember at the time being like, "Oh," but that's got nothing to do with me. I'm just glad that's not me, right? But like every and every class had the kid that smelled like piss. Yeah. It's right? weird, right? <laughs> like he was in every class. Yeah. Like he just like full on urinated on himself every day. Right. But, you know, in I don't know how it is in public schools, but in, I guess it's the same. But in grammar school where I went, you had, yes, kids, new kids come and some kids transfer. But you stay with the same class from yes. kindergarten through eighth grade. Right. So it's a little – hard to bully someone for nine years that is in your class for nine years like maybe you don't make friends with them or maybe they're not in the cool clique of kids or maybe once in a while you throw a jab but no one is like was abusing a kid in a classroom of 30 no one's gonna pick the one kid and abuse the shit of them for nine years straight like in the end we're all in it together like when we graduated from eighth grade everybody loved everybody right i mean like and not not to say that that's the case everywhere but we get a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people that reach out to us from all walks of life, um, you know, with Facebook and Twitter right. and stuff. We're very accessible, even email. And a very large percentage – well, not large, but what what larger than you would think percentage of people that reach out to us are teens or people or kids or people, you know, who – have are depressed right. have been bullied um uh just are down and out mm. um you know uh, and are uh, been through abuse or this mm. or that and they reach out mostly because i think one our show is an escape 
Yeah. And people genuinely laugh at it. And what we hear is that a lot of times I haven't laughed like that in a while or I haven't been able to forget what's going on around me. But I watch a show. It cracks me up. I kind of forget about stuff. Right. Or they'll say stuff like uh, maybe like our, like we demonstrate a level of friendship right. that people appreciate or this sure. or that. And that kind of gives them a little bit of hope that – you know, this friend, you know, this right. and that. So some type, of, some type of support through us they see through the show. Like, they latch on to us. They feel like they know us. Right. Uh, and, you know, we don't take that lightly. We try no, to. No. It's hard. It's almost impossible to answer everybody. But uh, I would never have thought that prior to the show that. Right. The, the messages that we get from people, I would never have suspected that prior to the show. Yeah. And it makes you. It, it, I had to stop and think about it. What about you? Like, because you don't feel like I don't feel like what I'm doing. I'm what I'm doing is fulfilling to me, and it's what I always wanted to do in one way or another. I want to be creative, and I want to entertain. I want to make sure I make people laugh. Mm-hmm. That's not to say what I'm doing is rocket science or really all that important. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, I, I, I when I started hearing these things, I'm like, all right, well, I almost didn't even want to acknowledge not the person but the sentiment. Because then I felt that that was making me more important than I felt that I was. Sure. Or making our jokes or our show more important than it is because, you know, there's dick jokes in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And it's like, well, I'm just telling like a couple of dick jokes here and stuff like that sometimes. And I'm like, how am I healing these people? Right. But, I mean, I can't deny what we get. Sure, we get it a lot. And uh, yeah. it made me rethink, you know, like what we do and like, you know, and, and who gets to see it. Not that right. I would change – what I think is funny, but like I will at least now say, okay, I get it. I mean, as as trite as I might think some of the jokes and things right. we do and say on the show is, sure, people connect with it, and yeah. it, it is really our show is really important to people. Yeah, which is which is insane. It is weird, but it's just like you like recently, Harold Ramis died. Yeah, and when I found out the news. I, I had to leave. I had to remember. I had to leave the room, and yeah. I wasn't showboating. I wasn't like right. I want everybody to know how important Harold Ramis is to me, right. or or anything like that. Like I'm not, I wasn't attention seeking. I was. I was. I got a really emotional, and I had to. I had to leave the room and and just take whatever minute thirty seconds to just like get a grip on myself because even now, like just thinking about it now, I'm still getting upset because it's just like I, it's been like I get it. Like right. what Ghostbusters is meant to me as a kid, what it meant to me as an adult, what it meant to me is wanting to write comedy and his work and his body of work and just like the feeling that Egon's dead right. was so fucking upsetting to me. It's like – and it's going to happen. Right. I, well, fucking Bill Murray dies. You know, when Bill Murray right. dies, fucking forget about it. I, I'm going right. to be in a rubber room. But – so I, I get it. It's just hard for me to picture me being that person. Like that's what it is. It's hard to – picture that right but, but if you let go of the fact that it's i could see that f- somebody says that about you and i'm like oh, i get it so sure, sure, sure i get it sure of course like absolutely right it's weird it's just the way we're built right it's just the way we're built and right. and because we didn't get on we didn't get on television we didn't get into this privileged position until we were older right. um and we haven't particularly been treated all that great by you know what I mean by 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 people who surrounded us like like right. you know um, 
so we never had that feeling of and just who we are. I, I like to think we're, we're good guys. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like we're blue collar people. We still right. are and shit like that. So it's just I I hope we I actually hope we never lose that mindset. Right. I don't ever want to turn around and, and see you being like, yes. I heal the masses with my no, comedy. You know what I mean? It's like so. It's good. It is great. It's a. It is only the only one of us that might get that. You know? <laughs> um, right, right. And we say that as a joke, but it's just like he, he, not really. Like, no, no. yeah. It's like you know. So it's it's a weird position. It's a privileged position, but yeah. And it's not even just like the bullying thing, and it's not even just kids. It's families that. It's families contact us that have lost right. re- touch and relationships with each other. Sure. They don't know how to speak or relate anymore. It's Everything's crazy. a fight. Our show brings them, toge- it's them crazy. together. It's uh, crazy. We, lo- we lost our mom. We lost our grandmother. We lost our dog. We lost. Right. I'm 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 ill. Yeah. Um, I'm recovering. Right. I'm recovering uh, um, from a horrible accident. I'm recovering from a disease. Uh, everything and anything. My war. This that we sure. get. Everyone. The people that reach out to us. It is over. It's overwhelming in the best sense of the word. Right. It's humbling. It's unbelievable how people take to this show and tell us that we're doing good for them. Like it's just, it's just a crazy, crazy. But thing. it's not just that show. I imagine every show has that. Right? I, I, right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. What we come to realize is that this outlet that still very few privileged people get to right. to do is is definitely that. I'm sure that I'm sure, as a matter of fact, that. Like the Sullivan and Son guys. Uh, any show gets right, it. Gets any it. comedian even. Or anything, sure. anything that b- provides an outlet right. or something of, you know. Which is good. Which which is just a nice view on the whole thing. Yeah. I want to tell I want to tell one story that speaks to that and then I want to end it on another story that speaks to it. That's a little more sure. funny that we could bring back in. Sure. But we had, uh, we had this woman who came up to us uh, at, at our meet and greets. We do the meet and greets after the live show. Uh, and she had her husband on FaceTime. And he was in Afghanistan. Right. And she, I think they hadn't seen each other in person for a year. And she says, um, she goes, I wanted to bring him to the show with me to meet you guys. So I'm doing it through FaceTime. She says, he's in Afghanistan. I'm here. We both record your show. And then every week we watch it on the phone together. Unbelievable. She's like, and she's like, we just laugh and it feels like we're in the same room and it feels like we're together. Unbelievable. And, and he's out there and, and he's a soldier. He was in the shit. Yeah. She's like, and I worry about him all the time. And, and we've had friends that have died over there and all yeah. the shit. And like, so she was just like, thank you. And this guy in Afghanistan is like, thank you. Right. He's like, thank you. And I'm like, right. holy shit. So there's that end of the spectrum. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where this – Wait, you going to tell something funny? Yeah. All right. Just give me one sec. One split okay, second. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, I just want to give a shout out to my buddy Jamie Lee. Oh, Jamie, yes. Who um, was involved. He was in Afghanistan and he was involved in like an attack uh, just a few weeks back. He lost one of his good friends and someone in our military and him and four or five other people were were injured and they're recovering now. Uh, And uh, he uh, used to be uh, live on Staten Island and he he was a good friend of mine and he went overseas. I haven't talked to him in quite a while and we're all trying to get in contact with him, but it's – Still very new and he's still recovering. So if by any chance anyone that knows Jamie or even Jamie can get to listen to this, we're just thinking of you and I hope to talk to you soon, buddy. Right. So, yeah. Very good guy. Yeah. Very good guy. Yeah. Um, then the opposite end of the spectrum and we're at about an hour. So I, we'll end it. So we'll do the phone call. Right. But we had this. I'm going to change all aspects of the story because I don't want to embarrass this person. Right. But uh, this guy comes up to us. 
crying, tears in his eyes. And he's like, you don't understand. My brother died. Like, and we used to watch his show as he was dying. And, um, and, and at, you know, in his final days, your show was the only thing that made him feel better. And, uh, and I love him. And, and now when I watch his show, I think of him and your show reminds me of him. And this, this dude is bawling hysterically, tells this beautiful story and then ends it with, uh, follow me. Can you follow me on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> So invested in this story. Oh man! And, and he he wasn't joking. It wasn't no, like no. a swerve. No, like in the crying and the telling of the please tale. Please follow me on Twitter. Please man. follow me. Could you guys please follow me on Twitter? My brother died. I, no, that's it. I mean that that I mean God bless everyone. And everything, <laughs> but like uh, that is that's like weird. Like you have to like I don't know if people think it out, but you got to really be aware of what you're doing there. It's like, yeah, that is the least important thing. Twitter and Facebook and people that beg us to follow them. It's just like, it's not a big deal. It doesn't right. mean anything. Oh, like, God. let's keep it about your brother. Keep it about that time. It was, Why would you cheapen it with that? It was, it was, I don't want to say funny because it wasn't funny, but it was like, but it's I, absurd. It took that, so is the perfect word. It took a moment, the shift in gears from, on the same breath, my brother's dead. I miss him every day. Your show heals me, makes me think of him. Could you please follow me on Twitter? As this person is bawling, bawling. Yeah. And we were just like, well, I, it was it was almost like we. I'm sorry. I don't know if I heard you the right way. Yeah, I mean, and 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 believe me, we get it. I've cried when I meet people. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I have legitimately cried at least once. Once a meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, like this. someone comes to us and says something, and I literally start crying because right. I'm there with them. I, right. I feel it. I feel their pain, happiness, sorrow. I feel their emotions. Yeah, I'm not. It's it's a real thing. Sure, I don't don't take it lightly, and it's not even like. Like, you can't even help it. You can't sure. even help it. You get caught up. It's talking so, to a person who's so displaying nice. raw, naked emotion yes, to you. Yes. And then the period on that raw, naked emotion is following yeah, me on yeah. Twitter. Oh, my goodness. I, I will say I think that I, I do know this because I hear samples of it with other comics I know and even other people that are in comedy and have shows and that. But I do think we exemplified something in particular to people. I do think that for two reasons. One, we're playing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm not just if if a comedian is themselves, but they're doing an act, right. and our show catches real moments and real things about our real life, real personality. Sure. Um, so like if I watch a stand-up comic, I'll know as much of it about his life as he turns into that joke. But like right. with our show, there's a little bit more of a peek behind that curtain. I would say with all with all reality television, sure, <clears throat> and that's why reality TV people, even some that merit no, <laughs> they have no merit to be. Right. I don't know, like you know what. People are just – our society right now is so invested and um, and just their curiosity is peaked so much by these reality shows. Right. Uh, and, and reality people like – like there's, there's actors who have been working and in the business that are famous for 10, 20 years but they act. So when you approach that person, you're like, oh, this is X. He played sure. so-and-so in this movie, so-and-so in this movie, and so-and-so in this movie. But you don't know anything about that person. You right. just know you liked him as an actor. That's right. So when you approach them, there isn't this... There's not the same level of fandom right. or knowledge or even 
a wall, a filter that when you know, when you have a, like with us, we talk on this podcast, we talk on the show, we go on the road, sure. we do the meet and greets. There's this weird thing where people already think they know us. And like for better or for worse, they're way more invested in us, number one. And number two, not every reality show or few and far between are based from like a positive space where of like a friend friendships are on display where right. it's not about trash and cheap and fighting right. and manufactured moments and right. manufactured fights and ratings you know so i really do think like cuz people always say like you're mommy of my friends you're mommy sure. of this you're mommy of that so i do think that we actually do like go a little further with the level of like what people like when they come to us i think we get it more than we think that right. other people get it although sure. i do know other people get it but the point is is that we're thankful and uh, it's it's crazy. It's 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 crazy in a, in a good way. In a good Meaning, way. like it's right. like wow, like it's uh, it's it's surreal and unbelievable. I don't think it'll ever be really. You never really get used to it, right? I don't get used to it. No, yeah. No. Like just before when I was in the deli, right near your house to buy lunch uh, dinner before I came in, uh, I passed this guy and his backpack was open. The back of his backpack. And what do you do when you see a guy with a backpack open? I tell him, "Hey, dude, like, hey, your backpack's open." Right, and he. Lo- he, he, it was funny because he looked at me like I was a fucking idiot, and he goes, "Yeah, I know." Like, and I was like, "All right, like you know, you know me. I can't like right. when someone's a dick. I'm like, all right, dickhead." Right. So, so he was like, "Yeah, I know." I was like, "All right." I was like, "Just trying to fucking help you, bro." Like, and I walked along, right. and then he goes, "Oh my god, no, dude!" He was like, "Oh my god, you're cute." He can't, dude. He dropped his bag on the floor, <laughs> right. ran over, and gave me a big hug. And I was like, "Right, that doesn't happen." Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I was like, a second ago, I was contemplating fucking slapping you across your right. fucking face. <laughs> now, now you're hungry, so it's just a weird world we live in. But yeah, it's privilege. We won't, you know. I got a uh, really quick. I uh, I was driving in the city, uh, like. Like a couple of months ago, at late at night, going to meet some friends in, in Lower East Side, and I didn't know it was like down by like Delancey, and it was like it gets all crazy down there, like all these side streets in one way. So I was following my GPS, and I like roll up to a stop sign, and I see a cop car <clears throat> at the perpendicular stop sign, right? <clears throat> and I see I see the car, like I'm I'm, I'm driving, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not speeding, but I'm going like. If the speed limit is 15, I'd be going 20. Sure. And I and there's no one else on the street and there's no one else in front of me. So I roll to the stop sign. I see the cop car. I have the GPS going so it's like lit up a little bit because it's dark out. Right. And I roll and I stop. But I stop like two feet past the stop sign. Sure. And the cop was rolling past his. So we both stopped. But I had seen him the whole way. And then I just stayed there because I was at a stop sign. Right. Although I rolled two feet past it. And I was like, let him fucking go first. I'm stopped, fully stopped. Sure. And he waits 5, 10, 15 seconds and he's not going. Mm. So I'm like, he's waiting for me to proceed so he can pull me over. Sure. For not stopping at a stop sign when I've been stopped for 15 seconds. Right. I mean, I rolled two feet past the fucking thing. So I was like, all right, here we go. So I put my blinker on. I make the left. Sure enough, he comes right behind me and he puts on his, he puts on the lights. So I pull over and one, one of the cops gets out. Just one. They usually both get out. Yeah. And he walks over my car. He's like, "What are you doing?" And he was he was so mean to me, man. Right? I said, "Excuse." I said, "I'm sorry, sir." I said, uh, "I said I was following my GPS." Uh, I said, and uh, I said, "I know I stopped a foot or two late, but I definitely saw you. I saw the stop sign, and right. you know, I said I just it's just I was getting a little uh, caught up with the GPS down here, trying to get to the, where I'm going." And he's like, "Yeah, well, that's a, the, the stop sign, the ticket, and your GPS is a ticket." He's like, "Give me a license and registration." I was like, "I said." I said, is, is the GPS a ticket? I said, I, 
then how would you use GPS? Right. Like I was just like I just I thought it was allowed. Is it not allowed? Just so I know. Even if you're gonna give me a ticket, can you just tell me like sure. how am I supposed to use this? He's like, you're not allowed to hold your phone in your hand. And I was like, well, I, I wasn't. He's like, well, I saw it glowing. I said, all right. I said, well, I said, and then, uh, and he just, he just was a real dick. Yeah. I forgot what he said to me. And I said, I said, I have in New York, I don't know about anywhere else, but right. <laughs> in New York, we have these things called uh, PBA cards, PBA cards, Patrolman's Benevolent Association. Right. And basically cops get these cards when they donate to the policeman's fund. Right. And it's basically like a, it has a shield number on it and he can give it to you. Sure. And basically, <coughs> it's proof that you know someone on the job. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card, but it's, uh, hey, this is someone that's important to me. If you can have the opportunity to show them a little courtesy, please do. In other words, like, if I didn't shoot somebody and yeah. I rolled to a stop sign and stopped two feet after, right. and I tell him my buddy works in this precinct, he maybe gives me the courtesy and says, look, this guy clearly didn't do anything that yeah, yeah, yeah. even stopped. Right. Let me let him go. So I mentioned – and I have a stack of them. Sure. So I mentioned, Do you remember when you used to park and you were questionable about this? You would take out – I, I, I I'm it. not exaggerating. Something like 10 PBA cards and yes. lay them on your dashboard. Yes. Like, like it was like a, a poker fucking table. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. I would lay everyone – which is excessive. Yeah. But it's like don't write the fucking ticket. I know 10 cops. Sure. Don't write the ticket. Right, right. And you know There's been times when people wrote the ticket with the 10 cops. Sure. So whatever. But – uh, so the guy was he he was he was mean to me, right? And he was loud and in my face and aggressive. I did not do justice how he was treating me, right? He was just like, give me the give me the license. This is bull. He cursed. He was like, bull. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. This guy's gonna give me a fucking ticket, right? So he goes, uh, give me everything. So he just walks away, and I'm like, oh great, you know. And I'm like, and he's and he's in the car and he's taking his sweet ass time. He's like ten minutes in the car, right? And then he pulls away and he pulls alongside my car. Right. So my driver's side is in, and his passenger side are window to window. He rolls down his window. My window was already rolled down. And he goes, he passes it to his partner and he goes, here. He's like, don't ever let me you know, do that whole shtick. Like, right. don't ever let me see you blah, blah, blah again. All right? All right. You know, like I should be giving it to you. You're lucky. You're lucky. And he's like yelling at me. Right. right? His partner takes the thing and he goes to hand it back and he looks at it and he looks at me and he goes, oh. <laughs> and I was like, he goes, Sal, the practical jokers. I was like, yeah. He turns to his partner, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no. And he goes, uh, what was it? so he, t- the guy was such a dick to me. He turns to his partner and he goes, what are you, a fucking asshole? <laughs> he goes, you were just going to give the fucking funniest guy in the world a fucking ticket? I was like, he didn't even do anything. This is how you treat Sal for a practice. And he's, he's laying it on thick, right? Really? He's laying on. And the guy is a super fan and he's thrilled. And I'm already out of the ticket by their own admission before he knew me. Right, right. So he's giving me my stuff back. The guy's thrilled to meet me and he's going off and he's just literally, he's just ripping his partner apart. <laughs> and he's ripping apart. And the guy. You could see he was a hard ass that was a dick. He knows he was a dick. Right. And now he sees his partner loves me. And now he's a, and his partner's saying all this stuff to him. <laughs> and he doesn't want to even give, at, even now. Really? He's like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say. I don't know the show or whatever. Right. And he's just like being like that. And it's like, you are insane. He's like, this is not. And he keeps going. He goes, this is not how you treat Sal. So, so, so he handed my stuff back. So I was like, you know what? I ain't getting a ticket. I'm going to fucking lay into it. You went for it. So I, I said, you know, you know, not to be. I, I said, really, not to be anything. I said, but I said, I, I said, I, 
I said, what is a GPS for if you can't use it? I would just use the GPS. Like, I'm not even doing – it's not like I'm out trying to, like, do anything wrong. I'm just using my GPS over here. I was like – and really, I did stop at the stop sign. <laughs> I was like – I rolled through it about, like, a foot, but you knew I was going to stop. And then uh, when you guys great. confused me because you waited, like, 15 seconds. So you knew I really stopped for 15 seconds. So I didn't think you'd pull me over for not stopping because I really did stop. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm just saying to the guy and – I, and I literally – I'm like, yeah. So I was like, I really appreciate it everything thank you so much i was like i don't know how you pulled me over though but i just got oh, ruined that's it to the great. Guy. i would never say it to you never get a chance to do window, that yeah. i would never say it to him but now i just i just went off oh on that's it. funny so we do have uh, some perks sometimes do, well hold on because i have the flip of that i mean I, we're just gonna keep going yeah. did i ever tell you what happened to me at the fiona apple concert like two years back um refresh where, me oh, i got i pulled over i parked i get out this fucking guy undercover comes up to me he goes where are you coming from right now and I, and I look at him, and I know he's a cop because I know certain – I know cops. I, you know, I work for the city. I, I, I just knew. And I'm like, Staten Island. He's like, where? Where are you coming from? Where are you coming from? Oh, that's what he said to me too. They asked me where I was, yeah. he asked me where I was coming from, and I said where. He's, I was like, Jersey. He's like, what? Where? I was like, South – like, Freehold. Same thing I'm getting. Freehold, my grandparents' house. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? I was like – I'm coming to meet up. Like, Same exact me like, script. Yeah, yeah. So you got it. Same exact script. He's like, what? He's like, were you wearing that all day? And I was like, look, I don't know what's going on here. He's like, get against that fucking wall. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Now, Now, like the guy in the fucking thing there, I have a switch in me that's – once it's flipped, like it's very hard for me to contain. It hasn't helped me out in my entire life. And he puts his hand on me. And I go, get the fuck off me. I was like, get the fuck off me. He goes, get the fuck against that wall right now. Get the fuck against that wall. And he shoves me against the wall. And I'm like, Whoa. holy shit. And he starts taking out cuffs. He goes, I wonder where the fuck you were early today. And I go, dude. And, and I was with Stacy. Her father's a cop or a retired cop. So she starts pulling out her phone to call her father. I'd like right. to get to the bottom of this. And he's like, he's like, get the fuck against that wall. And, and I'm like trying to control myself. I go, dude, I go, I don't know what the fuck you think this is. And he goes in my face and he puts his face right up next to mine. He goes, you think you can practically joke anybody you want? No. And I go, you no motherfucker. Way. And he no. starts dying laughing. No he's way. going, I got you. He goes, no. I got you. I go, you are a dick. Oh, I go, you're man. a fucking dick. Bro, I start laughing. I go, you're a fucking asshole. It's amazing. Like, I go, you fucking. Pr-. I was like, dude, I go, I almost arrested arrest, resisted arrest. He goes, yeah. He goes, I know. I got tensed when I grabbed you. I go, yeah, no shit. You fucking grabbed me. I was like, I'm trying to go see a fucking concert. He's like, bro, let me take a picture with you. Let me take a picture. Oh, amazing. I was like, you got me, dude. That's you fucking amazing. got me good. It was funny, man. Yeah, co- cops ask us all the time. Yeah, yeah. cops they always come to us and like we have to, we have to, we have to arrest you right now. Yeah, but uh, that is so funny, man. Yeah, he got me. People, good. we we can't we. There's another level to like all the points that our show hits makes for a really unique experience. Because besides the fact that we play ourselves and people know us well, right, and all that everything we just explained, we're also based in that we're either pranking someone. Right. Or getting pranked. Shenanigans, Tom Foolery. Right. So everywhere I go, like, I'm literally just like in the supermarket. Right. And they think they're on TV. Right, right, like, right. Like, if people see, uh, that's another thing. Like, if you're, let's say, like, you do a, like, the real world. 
Right. When you see someone from the real world, you're not like, wait a minute, am I on the real world? Right, right. Like right. it's just like, oh, that person was on the real. But when they see us, it's like, oh shit, yeah. I want TV. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not, you're not. And they're like, right, because what are you gonna say? Right, of course right. you're not. I'm like, no, dude, like you're not. Like I'm just getting like milk. Like you're not on TV. Right, right. right. And they're like, no, 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 I'm on TV. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You know. Yeah. Or the or the flip of that is when people just think that we're open season yeah. to fuck with. Oh, uh, dude, that that to me, like when I'm eating dinner. They, so, People yeah. eat my food all the time. It happens all the time. They just drink. One time, like, I get it. Like, it's right. annoying, but I get it. But this one time, this one motherfucker came over, and I had a shot on the table. Yeah. And he just did the shot yeah. and left and then walked away without rebarring another shot. Right. And I was like, well, uh, that's a dick move. Like, right. that's, my, that's my shot. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like, people, like, eat our food or they'll come over and, you know, every, everything from nose us to eat my yeah. food to, like, just... Well, when I last time I was in LA and I was having dinner with uh, Scott Mosier and Matt Myra, I um, <laughs> uh, so, sorry, Matt Myra. Uh, <laughs> well, we remember we were, we were God continue. No, no, it's just I just told that. Oh, just, just to set up people and people will say anything yeah. from just like also people just. Like, and I've said this, I might have said on this podcast before, but like, I'll be walking and I'll like get punched in the arm. Yeah. Like punched. I hate that. Not tapped. Not, like I'll get punched. I'll turn around and be like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, what's up? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Or I'll get like shoved or punched and like, I'll turn around and the f- smartphone is in my face and they go, talk to my wife. Yeah. She's on the phone. Talk to her. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, hello. It's hard. Like when it's me. When it's just me, I I, I just take kind of take it. Yeah. But like if I'm with someone, or you know what I mean, and they and they just and they just hold out the phone without. <laughs> anyway, this is turning into a bitch fest. Let's let's not do that. Oh no, I'm I'm yeah. saying it's it's insane. Yeah. These people just like they just go right there yeah. because they they see it as I can't believe I'm seeing them. Right. I probably won't see them again. This is my chance. To have them remember me, right? Or to just go to I, I want to be on the goddamn show. Right. I love what they do. I want to do it too. I'm going to do it to them. They'll appreciate. Sure. It. But the only thing is, everyone thinks that. <laughs> so when I walk out of the house, it's just literally like mousetrap. Just, <laughs> uh, just to put this in the other perspective, though, what happened when I saw Michael Emerson who played Benjamin Linus? Oh on god, the we get to we geek out like when we saw Michael Emerson, when yeah. we saw George Lucas, oh. we saw Martin Short, right? Like well, we're just like oh, there, there, there. Yeah, but Michael Emerson specifically, he walked by and I was like, Benjamin Linus! <laughs> yes. We have the footage. We were, we were, we were filming. We were in the behind the scenes part and he walks by and I just go, Benjamin! Like, I know his real name. Why the fuck am I screaming out his character's name in Central Park to the fucking guy? Right. I felt like such an asshole, but I was so happy to see him that I was like, I get it. Well, that's like that story that Kevin Smith tells about Bruce Willis. Right. When they're right. like, John McClane or whatever, like, Die Hard. <laughs> right. And like you said, that Bruce Willis was like, I hate it when they yell Die Hard the most. <laughs> you know? But it's fucking John McClane. Yeah, you're John he's McClane. John McClane more than he's Bruce Willis. Oh, way more, way you know? more. Yeah. But so we, you know, we get it, but it is, it is funny. It is it's just funny. funny to be on this side of a coin for this it, little This is, slice this is of our new lives. to us in our lives, right, you know? Right. Like, so it's, it's, it is crazy. All right, look, dude, it's a fucking hour and 14 minutes on this thing. All right, you so want to make your phone call? Let me go the fuck home so I can watch True Detective and fall asleep. I'm going to do that tonight, too. Uh, all right. It's like go home, watch True Detective, jerk off, fall asleep. That's <laughs> all I want to do right now, and, and this phone call is stopping me from doing it. All right. Uh, we need a uh, <clears throat> an area code. Uh, Do we handle everything? Why don't we just give a shout out to Declan? Oh yes, Declan. Uh, 
D.E. Quinn on Twitter at D.E. Quinn. Creaky Studios. He does uh, all the mastering for our podcast. I, I've been trying to get him to do a jingle or something for Creaky Studios so we can just play it in the show. He's a podcasting master if you need – if you want to do a podcast and there's no reason you shouldn't do a podcast. It's fucking great. You, you really should go to Declan. He's very reasonably fucking priced. He'll fix – he's fixed everybody from Kevin Smith to Mark Marin to us. You know what I mean? Right. The 2013 Stitcher Best Best New Podcast Award winners. What? <laughs> uh, yes, you need Declan. You need him. You need him. Trust me. Do a podcast. It's fun. Uh, and do it with Declan. Oh, something else worth noting. Yes. I believe that when we return to the air in, yeah. in about three weeks. Sure. I think we have a going forward a new time slot. Oh, 930. Right? It's not. I think it's ninety percent confirmed. We'll be yeah. I thought we thought it was going to be just. Uh, we we had a nine thirty show last week, yeah. and we thought it was just for that week because they were like introducing Killer Karaoke at right. ten, and it turns out it may be our new time slot. So we're just kind of putting that out there for right. now. That's right. Just so people are aware of it. Cool. Uh, follow you on Twitter at Sal Volcano. Follow me on Twitter at BQ Quinn. That's right. Uh, and then. Uh, We'll get up to ransom note, and they, yes. I, they, I promise you, I promise you, it will get up. Uh, <laughs> and what else? Anything else that we're forgetting? Any business? Anything at uh, all? Just please chime in on the the London show. Right. Help us out. Make us feel confident. Don't Eddie Diaz me. <laughs> like make me feel confident about this. Okay. Portable zip zip. Portable zip. <laughs> uh, and we will. Let's try. Let's try and call. Uh, what? We How about we have a we have a show in Westbury, Long Island next week? This week. Let's, Let's call it. It's five one six. All right. All right. I kinda want this to just go to somebody's voicemail so I can go home. Okay. Long Island. Let's see what you got. Yeah, well that's not good. It's ringing. If it doesn't go right to Dan Oh shit, dude. Can we go two in a row? This is crazy. <laughs> This is this is a, this is somebody's phone, man. I'm telling you. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Oh, not very friendly. Um, my name is Sal, and I uh, I dial this number randomly because I do a comedy show, a podcast, and at the end of every week when we do it, we just dial a number randomly. Fuck and- you, I get up so fucking early. You suck. I am reporting you to the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> 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 I fucking forgot to block my number. <laughs> you couldn't fucking remind me to block the number. Oh my god! Oh fuck! Oh, I forgot to block the number. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> She's gonna report to the better business bureau a wrong number. All right? That's funny. <laughs> you know uh, what? I have a number. <laughs> oh, oh my man. god! She went right to fuck you. you. Couldn't even get a better. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow, dude! You had to tell me to block my number. All right. Well, I didn't fucking realize that you'd be doing criminal fucking trespassing on that woman's night. I didn't know. So what now? I can't lose my number after twenty years of this shit. <laughs> She's not gonna fucking call. Better be her. She's gonna go back to sleep, and that's that. No, no, she's gonna go to them. Wait, but it's a it's a web it's a website. She's just gonna type it in, and that's that. I know. 
That's funny. All right, well, that's it. What an eventful ending. We didn't identify ourselves, so she's going to say, I got a call from this number. Yeah. And they said they dialed it randomly, hello. Yeah. And that's the report that's she's going to make? That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's 10.27. What time does she wake up? I don't know. I don't know. Early. Fucking early. Does everyone in her life know not to call why her? Is, why is your phone on if you got up so fucking early? I don't know. Put it in silent mode. By the way, the rule everyone knows like is like roughly 10 p.m. Yeah. It's 10.27 p.m. Right. Like, it's not, fuck you, I'm reporting you to the bed. It's just like, <sighs> click. Right. right. Like, if it was 1 a.m., <laughs> 2 a.m., right. she's out of line. Oh, call her back and tell her. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. But I, save that number. But I'm, I got to save the number, right? right? Save the number. I got to yeah. save the Yeah, because... Let's call her back at a reasonable hour. Yeah, next let's time. do it. I like that. And just be like, okay. I'll, 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 no, but then she has my number. She has my number. Right. So she could do whatever well, she yeah, wants. We just gotta let it. this fish go. Yeah, thank God we didn't say the name because then she could have went on yeah. and gave my number out. Yeah. Oh, man. How did I remember to hit, hit the old private, no, private thing? That's rough. Oh, man, that was good stuff. Though. That was good. Now, though, you know what? I'm gonna be nervous now. It's not, don't worry about that. Yeah, they won't, like, just block my number or whatever? Like, I like, wouldn't even worry about that. No, that's insane, right? No. Nah. It could like, have been a wrong number for all you fucking know. Don't even worry about it. All right. All right. All right, well, thank you for listening to What Say You. <laughs> what a great ending. Uh, you know, oh, until God, next week, uh, I'm Brian Gwynn. Oh, my God. I'm so good. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. That Rome wasn't built in a day Then how come everyone is rushing to get ahead And if I seem to be reserved, that's just my way Your questions seem like you're interrogating me Yeah, I try Then again, I don't try I get an F for effort I get a D next time Uh-huh, uh-huh the lemon metaphor four million times and i don't stand for lemonade don't ask me why and would a beverage stand be a job that be desired and where would i get the wood and should i try should i try then again i don't try again for effort i get a 65 yeah, I try, yeah, 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 then again I don't try, again F for effort, I might as well just Uh-huh, uh-huh currency don't grow like leaves on trees then how come my money comes and goes so seasonally and i wish farmers planted plants instead of thieves 
My friend pays a ton of green for greener groceries. Yeah, she tries. Then again, she don't try. She gets an F for effort. She'll plant a tree next time. Yeah, she tries. Then again, I don't try. I get an F for effort. I get a D next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I try. 